Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's up? What's up, David? How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, so I watched a couple Heat games in person over over the weekend. I was at uh, the game on uh, Thursday, filling in for you, and then I actually I went Saturday afternoon. I had some friends in town. We were like, really? We thought we were nice. going. We got tickets the night before, thinking Giannis was going to play. He didn't play. Um, but my first time as a uh, spectator at a Heat game in quite some time. So a couple of good wins for the Heat over the weekend. I know, obviously, no Giannis in either of those games, but um, taking care of business in both of those, which is something they were kind of struggling to do earlier in the year. It feels like, you know, we keep talking about if they turned a corner, if they turned a corner. You know, they're they're still not the elite of the elite, but they've they've turned some sort of corner, right, where it's like they're at least like, not screwing up these games against bad teams. I know the Hawks are, are not particularly good, but that's a road game on a you know an afternoon early early tip road game. You know, you're gonna drop some of those every once in a while, but taking care of those the Bucks over the weekend um, that was very encouraging. I thought. Yeah, I mean, 12 of the last 18. I know the last one was a loss, like you said in Atlanta, but mm-hmm. so you take 12 and six every time, right, over an 18 yeah. game stretch. Um, and yeah. I, you know, they really haven't beaten many good teams. I think yeah. during that 18-game stretch, the three teams they beat with a winning record are the Pacers, which was like by a couple points, and then the two against the Bucks, which were without Giannis and Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. So really, they beat one one team, one true team with a winning record, because the Bucks right. don't even count without their two, but basically the two best players. Um, so yeah, they, they really haven't had, it's not like they had all these quality wins or anything like that, but there's something to be said about that, right? Like they, like you said, they they weren't doing that early in the year. They were losing to the Spurs. They were losing to uh, the Detroit Pistons at home and right. having some bad losses. So the fact they're taking care of business lately, it's a good sign. Um, and they'll be challenged more here over the next few weeks. So we'll we'll get a better read of where this team stands um, probably in like two or three weeks or so. Yeah, not just wins, but two convincing wins. Um, yeah. The, the yeah. game Saturday was like a real blowout. Um, and thursday or the the first game of that back-to-back sort of set um ended up close what six points i think almost six points so close to a clutch game but uh obviously they were they were up double digits for basically the entire fourth quarter in that game um and you know they were doing it without without tyler without kyle lowry um yeah, they, that's another thing. And, They've done it yeah. with, with their own injury issues. They missed. Yeah. I mean, they were missing three starters Obviously. in the first Bucks game, and I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. No Caleb, right? That's yeah, not so. easy. No yeah, Caleb, that game was no like Caleb, both, no both teams were missing everyone in that game. That was. Um, and obviously, Bam was was awesome. Um, has been just continued to be awesome. Um, Jimmy, who who was really awesome on Monday, and just just been, you know, kind of doing what we expect. But the the biggest revelation I think of the weekend was. Uh, Gabe Vincent kind of, you know, he's been in and out of the rotation, right? He's been uh, fringes of the rotation. Um, Kyle Lowry has played a lot this year, so it has cut into, I think, some of Gabe's opportunities. But then Lowry out, and he has literally, like, the two best games of his career in a three-day span against the Bucks. Um, What was it, 28 on – a career-high 28 yeah. on, um, on Thursday and was Thursday. it 27 Saturday? Yes, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was that's that's a nice sign. I mean, he's obviously not going to be a 20 point a game scorer all year, but he's been in a shooting. You know, we talked about it after the game Thursday that he'd been in a shooting slump. You know, it's been a, a tough year for him. But that's like we, we've seen 
potential from Gabe. Obviously, like I said, those are the two best games of his career, like literally scoring wise. Um, but the uh, just the level, it, the fact that he can give you some of those still, and we saw it uh, a couple times over the weekend, I think, is encouraging because that's that's like we said, it's kind of been the heat mo, right? Is for for a guy like Gabe Vincent to every once in a while is going to win you a ball game. And they haven't had that this year, and, and Gabe has been one of those guys struggling. So it was good to see him bust out of that slump. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, as I as we were, as you we were talking, and this is going to be dated, but just to make note of this in the podcast, Kyle Lowry has been upgraded to available. Oh, okay. Uh, for the Pelicans game, so you're going to be listening. This is going to be released right after the Pelicans game, but looks like Kyle Lowry is going to make his return. We're finally going to see the starting five together, like the 15th time this season, only yeah. out of the first 46 games. So that's kind of crazy, but. Yes, I, I agree. Like on that note, right, Gabe Vincent's been filling in for Kyle Lowry now. Probably Gabe Vincent's going to go back to his bench role, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, he's valuable to have, right? He's a very versatile guard. I wrote about this, um, I think, on Sunday or Monday. Um, but he he's just he can play on the ball. He came in as a scoring two guard, right? That's well documented. They kind of developed him into a more of a three and D point guard, so he can play both roles. Um, so having a versatile guard who can play on the ball, off the ball like that, can fill in for Kyle Lowry when needed, can play as a scoring guard off the bench when needed. Um, it's an important piece for this team. I know they have a lot of guards, but they, aren't, they don't have a lot of guards like Gabe. Um, right. His value was on display when Kyle was out. Um, again, those are two of his best games of his career. I know after right. those two games, everyone's asking for him, saying that he should start, right? You go to Heat Twitter and it's like, Gabe Vincent should start. Gabe Vincent should start. But before that, he was like shooting 31% on threes. And I know Gabe is not that bad of a shooter, but right. let's not pretend like Gabe is the guy who played in those, like those two games are the only ones that matters. Like he's had he's had a rough season so far through injury and different things. So um, it was good to see him um, put those two games together, and it's a sign that he's getting healthy, which mm-hmm. I think is really important for this team because they. Again, they need, I think, what he does, what he brings offensively, and then especially defensively as a kind of a point of attack defender, um, you know, to really be at full strength. Um, so those are all good things. Um, but I do think um, that Gabe, you know, is probably best off the bench for this team um, yeah. as just kind of like that spark guy who can fill in a bunch of different holes. I was going to say, in some ways, when he was in there over the weekend, he was in some ways filling in for Kyle Lowry and for Tyler Hero because he has some yeah. not, he's obviously True. not anywhere near the level of score that Tyler is but he is a guy who will take pull up mid-range jump shots and can shoot deep threes um and you know and then at the same time he's the point guard and he's a good defender um and in this search we've had kind of all year long although I think they found it with with Oladipo here for that that bench guy to replace Tyler Hero um Gabe is a kind of you know an interesting little poor man's Tyler Hero obviously like Vic I think has really solidified himself as we've said a couple times as now probably not probably not going to really contend for six man of the year just because he missed so much time early on but that level of guy um but but Gabe is another guy who you know if if Tyler's out and Vic has to slide into the starting lineup like there you go there's another another kind of sort of instant offense guy but also like can play off the ball and, and just be a role player um, or can, you know, obviously handle those point guard minutes. So he, he can slide into, like you said, a whole bunch of different roles. Um, and I think is a pretty good, like, facsimile of what that heat combo guard is that they, for a lot of this season, kind of felt like they were missing off the bench. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, just as an example, like he he started next to Hero. He started next to Struess. I right. think last year he started next to Kyle at one point. Um, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, so like, again, his value is is in his versatility. Mm-hmm. Because he, he's not a point guard. He's not a shooting guard. He's a combo guard who, again, could play with the score first mentality, could play off the ball and just be a spot-up shooter. Yeah. Although he hasn't shot the ball well this season. He's a plus defender, um, you know, for for a guard. Um, so there is a lot of value there. Obviously, he needs to hit more shots. He hit more shots against Milwaukee. The, the hope is that, you know, he's not going to shoot 60% from the field always. But right. if he can not shoot 30% from three like he has all season, then, you know, that's that's a big bump for the Heat. So, you know, we'll see if, you know, this is a start of a positive trend for, for Gabe. You mentioned uh, the idea of, you know, the – calls for Gabe to to start after a weekend like that. And, you know, Kyle Lowry's uh, actually had, like, a, I think we've been pretty complimentary of his season this year, especially just his availability has been so important to this team, given um, how much time some guys have missed. Uh, some really important, you know, pretty much all the really important guys have, have missed time, significant chunks of time. Um, is there, he like you said, they're, they're going to stick with Kyle Lowry in the starting lineup. Um, no matter how much he sometimes frustrates uh, Heat fans, and I think NBA <laughs> fans at large, right? I think a lot of people watch because he's, you know, he plays a slower style, right? It's it's not very, it's not a modern point guard style kind of at all. Um, but you you fully expect them to to stick with with Lowry for basically through through thick and thin. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how you can't, right? I mean, yeah. maybe again, we don't know what's going to happen against the Pelicans. Maybe they they ease him in and he plays off the bench, but yeah. you know, the listener will know what happens when they listen right. to this. But there, you know, I guess that is a possibility. But that starting lineup again, I know we've talked about this a lot, has been really good in the yeah. limited time they've been together. Like they outscored teams by nine points per hundred possessions, which is dominant. Like among the best mm-hmm. in the NBA for lineups who have played more than 150 minutes together. So. Yes, they've only been available for 14. They've been able to start 14 games together, like out of the 46, which is not much. But the hope is those five guys can stay healthy for once for a sustained stretch, and they could use that starting lineup for 10, 15 games in a row. That would be yeah. great, right, for this team, um, because they are really good together. Um, and I think it, and then it allows the bench to kind of stabilize where Max is now coming off the bench. Max is not starting anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, he's able to provide that punch off the bench. You have Victor Oladipo who's doing – Great work off the bench um, on both ends. He's just been kind of the biggest revelation, I think, of this season. Um, Gabe Vincent, again, off the bench is very valuable. You have, you know, the backup center role is kind of switched a little bit. We have Orlando Robinson now in that spot instead of Deadman. But Orlando Robinson, yes, he's probably not, you know, again, he's going to be up and downs with him. He's an undrafted rookie. But right. the minutes so far have been decent. Like, you're not getting killed in those non-band minutes anymore mm-hmm. like you were before. So that's a good sign. So, I think it not only is that starting lineup really good together, but allows everyone else to go back to their role, their like, their their normal role, where we're like the Heat kind of planned for entering the season. Right. Where Max is coming off the bench. I think he started actually more games than as a, than playing as a reserve this season, just because of all the injuries, which is kind of crazy. Um, but it, it just it it stabilizes things. So I think that's that's kind of what Heat have been looking for, and you hope that they can now avoid any more injuries or at least any injuries to rotation guys. Um, so we can actually see what this team looks like when they're whole. 
Yeah, it's kind of a shame. I mean, I'm, it's a shame we have to record that. I mean, I guess we could have recorded like late night tonight, but we don't like to do that. Um, Anthony's yeah. got to write post game and travel the next gotta, day or whatever. Uh, it's kind of a shame. We're, we're no, it's kind of a shame we don't get to uh, recap this game. Then it, it's gonna be really interesting if the starting lineup all plays together. Like you said, we haven't seen it in a while. The the Pelicans are a good team, um, and as we've said, the Heat have been playing better, but they've been playing better a lot of this time with different lineups. Um, so it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, they, they, like I said, they kind of, I feel like they've turned the corner. We've said that for a couple of weeks now, I think, but it's not like they've like hit on a singular identity, right? It's like just everyone, you know, Bam is playing really well. Their, their identity is basically their best players have been playing well and their role players have been filling in for whatever role it's been, but it hasn't been like they're running the same offense every single night with the same rotation every single night they've had to make do, which is, you know, that was. In some ways, that is the Heat way, right? That is their, that's how they got the one seed last year is no matter what was out there, just get good enough performances from your top guys and good, or really good performances from your top guys and good enough performances from your role players. They're back to doing that. But obviously, that the highest ceiling for this team, like you said, is if that starting lineup, which in a small sample size has been fantastic, um, their highest ceiling is if that group can be uh, the anchor of a, yeah. Big playoff run. Yeah, and yeah, you could you can make the argument, and I and I agree with this point. Like, yes, this team probably still needs another piece off the bench, right? Yeah. Whether it's a backup center, a backup mm-hmm. four, you probably need somebody else that's like a proven NBA player mm-hmm. to really complete this roster. And I'm sure they will try to do that, right? I again, we've we've talked about it all season. Like, we'd both be surprised if no moves are made before the deadline. Right. right. Whether it's tr- using Deadman's contract, which is not guaranteed for next year, which is like, I think, $4 million, around $4 million, where get you like a, if I get a player around that range, right? There's some decent players, whether it's Jared Vanderbilt or other names that have been kind of discussed um, that might make sense for this Heat team. So I, I agree that they probably need one more piece to really, for this team to be complete. But when this team is healthy, you see it, right? Like you kind of see what they're, trying to do, right? The starting lineup makes sense. Caleb is, I know people still say they need a, a true four, but I think Caleb's been good at the four spot. Yeah. As a floor spacer, he's quick. He could switch. Um, it just makes that lineup faster, I think, than it was last year because of his athleticism. Um, you know, so I, I, I think more they need depth. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, a, I think the hope is you have, what, three weeks before the deadline, right? Three deadline. They want to see what this team is whole. They haven't yeah. had a chance to do it. They've had it one game here, two games there, one game here. Like, but a sustained stretch, we just haven't seen it yet. So, you know, again, I, I think the hope is that this is it. This is this will be the sustained stretch where we can really get a read on what this team can be when healthy. Yeah, and, and most importantly, um, they're not desperate anymore. And I don't not that I think the Heat ever were thinking they were going to be desperate. But, you know, a couple of games over 500 now, they've like settled in to be this, you know, they're not just fighting to stay afloat now. They have actually a positive point differential now for the first time. In, well, not anymore. Oh, they the don't? Atlanta game, but they did for like two days. And maybe okay. they will up to the Pelicans game. But right now, it stands Wednesday afternoon. They're like negative point one or something. One, they're okay. Like right so whatever. They're they're right. You know, they've, they've, they've played well enough now where like yeah. you can see a lot of the positive signs. They're. Uh, a game out of the sixth seed right now and behind the Knicks. And, you know, I think the Heat 
feel like they're a better team than the Knicks. And when push comes to shove, uh, as long as they can stay healthy, like they're not at a point where they're like, we just need to get up to the a top eight seed, a top six seed. They're they're gonna be. I'd be pretty surprised if they don't wind up as a top eight seed. And I still think they're gonna be a top six seed. They got some, you know, it's it's gonna be a tough yeah. fight probably between them and the Knicks. Um, at this point, but, just like avoiding the play on all costs. It's not. Yeah. I think the goal has changed from like top four seed home court, which right? Yeah, be yeah, nice, obviously, exactly. but just they're, trying to they're, avoid. They're, just they're avoid pretty the far out of the top five right now. Yeah. But m- the bigger point here is like they're not desperate. They're not like we need to. Well, one, they're not going to sell, right? I think there was like right. a thought like could the Heat trade Jimmy Butler if this keeps going poorly? Like that's not going to happen. And they're not desperate where they feel like they need to make a huge splash to get um, whoever you know Bradley Beal or whoever it might be um, just to get back into that top six mix. Um, you know, maybe they will, like you said, maybe they're healthy for these next three weeks and it goes poorly. And all of a sudden they're like, we are like a star short, but they're at the point now where they can, ideally it's going to, they're going to come out of these next three weeks somewhere around the six seed thinking we're now in the mode where we are looking at, Boston, Milwaukee, yeah. Philadelphia, Brooklyn. Like, what can we do to get into that tier? And it's, you know, maybe it'll take a, another star, but I think more likely they're like, we, we're playing well against these guys. We can compete with them. We've proven it in the playoffs against every one of these teams, pretty much. Um, and we can tinker. And um, obviously those have been hit or miss for the Heat, like they are for any team, but... I think they feel pretty good about like one, what they have and two, that they can find the right guy with, like you said, without having to give up a huge, huge asset um, because they've got, you know, some contracts that make sense. Obviously the heat will, you know, always throw in a draft pick if the right guy's available, but they, they've gotten out of that desperation zone where, where I think now it's, it's, you can really sit back and assess and wait now there, there's not an urgency yeah. now to, to make a move quickly because we just need to get wins they, they've got the wins now for the most part now they they can kind of start looking at not start looking at the playoffs because like you said really want to get a top six and avoid the play yeah. but like they're at the point where they can kind of start like thinking about longer term rather than just like we need wins right now right now yeah of course and then maybe again it's as simple as another name that's been um linked to the heat and, and i know they have interest obviously in this guy's jay crowder right he's still out there right. Yeah, I don't know if Phoenix is going to find a trade for him. I know they want to trade him to get something in return, but maybe it comes mm-hmm. down to a buyout. After the deadline, if he's still on Phoenix's roster, maybe they agree to a buyout and that he can... You know, I know there's interest from Jay as well coming to Miami. He liked it here. I think he lives, still lives here in the offseason. Um, he would make sense, right? Not even again as a starter. He, he makes sense as a reserve, a guy who can back up Caleb um, if you need to. Or maybe he does start if Caleb feels more comfortable on the bench. But just a, a guy like that would would just feel like it would complete the roster. And then from mm-hmm. there, yes, you're probably going to be at a disadvantage against the top teams in the East because you're probably not going to have home court advantage. You might have to go through a play-in tournament, you know, through the play-in tournament. But I do think when healthy, they feel like they can compete with Brooklyn. They feel like they can beat Philadelphia in a series. Like, they beat them last year with basically almost the same roster. And if you got a guy like Jay Crowder or somebody like that, this team is not that far off personnel-wise from where it was last year. Jay Crowder kind of fills that P.J. Tucker role. Um, so I, I think it's all about health. I know, you know, people look at it as an excuse, but it's the truth. They've lost 190 games due to injury this season. We think last year they were injured a lot, right? And they were, 
they I think the number is like 170 something that they lost games lost due to injury, which they've already surpassed midway through this season. Yeah. Um, so that's how injured they've been this year, and it's it's been especially like um, harmful because it's been like th- throughout different stretches, right? Like one guy's missing 10 games here, then that guy comes back, and two other guys are out for five games, and it just has not. It's been so tough to find continuity. Different lineups, it's forced different lineups, it's forced mm-hmm. different ways of different styles of playing. That really, again, it's incredible that they've been able to 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 stay above water at this point. I think that's a credit to Eric Spolstra because they've been through a lot of different issues. But now, if they're healthy, if they can stay healthy, you know, this is a really important stretch for the Heat to kind of prove that they are the team that they think they are. All right, I want to wrap up here by uh, talking a little bit more about Victor Oladipo. It's been a running theme throughout the last couple of weeks, but it felt like, you know, there were multiple times in the last week here where Spo was basically like, this guy's a huge difference maker for us. <laughs> Um, it feels like they have like just a new, and I think it started on the road trip, right? They were, they were starting to talk about it there, but, um, it just feels like they have a new level of confidence in him where now they, I mean, obviously he's like, we, I think we said it last week. It'll be interesting to see how what he looks like in three, four weeks after he's put like a lot of wear and tear on his knees, but it, like the way they're talking about him now, it doesn't feel like they think that this is just like a. They're, they're, it's almost like they're not concerned about it anymore. They're just, they, they, the way they're talking about it now it seems like they believe this is this is kind of here to stay. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's played thirty plus minutes in eight of the last nine games. Yeah, they're not they're not trying to be careful. No, they're not. Like, yeah, hey, this is like no, you're go ahead. Like we're not going to try to hold you back. Like we think you're healthy. And he, I talked to him after the game in Atlanta after the loss about just kind of his routine from day to day. Mm-hmm. And you were you were in the open lo- in the locker room before the game when you covered last yeah. game last yeah. week. Sits there in front of his locker with those the locker room is empty, lock- NBA locker room except him at home. Except him pretty much. He's like yeah, he's the only one there, right? Sitting in front yeah. of his locker on the floor with those compression leg recovery boots on. Does it every game, home on the road. After the game, he's usually the last one dressed because he goes and lifts weights for Sometime um, after every game, um, he says off days, he, you know, massa- obviously most guys do this, but acupuncture, massages, like different things he does in the off days to, to stay fresh and, you know, uh, just keep his body uh, healthy. It's working. And he says he feels great. Like he's like, I asked him, are you surprised with how good you feel considering how much minutes, how many minutes you've been playing? And he's like, I can't lie a little bit. Like, I feel really good. <laughs> I haven't felt this good in a long time. So those are all good signs. And. You're seeing like the burst on offense. Defensively, he's made a huge impact. Um, I have, I think I wrote it. To, I wrote a story on it today. Just his deflections were like in the 50s, and he has mm-hmm. uh, 30 something steals in like his 19 games so far, which is second on the roster during that stretch, uh, just behind Jimmy. That's it. That's the only guy who's had more deflections and and steals in Victor during that time. Um, all good things, and yeah, this team needs it. Um, this team really needed a boost off the bench, and he's given that and more. He's arguably been, not arguably, I would say he's been their fourth best player probably. Yeah, he is I their definitely fourth like best in this stretch yeah. when like Tyler Hero was out, he's the, clearly the number three guy. Yeah. Like, and he fills in like really well in that like third banana role, especially yeah, and, and with he, Jimmy and Bam. And it's not just scoring. Like last game he had 10 assists and no turnovers. Yeah. He's playing as a facilitator as well and finding guys and – 
you know, running the offense. And it's just, it's really impressive. I, I have to be honest. Like I didn't, I really wasn't counting on Victor like to do this. Like I, I just, I didn't know what to expect. He's played so little basketball the last few years. He, honestly, he hasn't really looked like himself when he's been out there, but this is as good as I've seen him look since the injuries. Um, and it's just a really good sign. A uh, good, th- you know, it's, it's a cool story for a guy who's really, really worked hard and spent a lot of time by yeah. himself working hard uh, behind the scenes just to reach this point. Yeah, you mentioned those 30-minute, uh, what was it, in eight of the last nine? Yeah, last nine games, yeah. He did it, like, twice total in the yeah. last three, right, last two regular seasons, with or since he got to the Heat. I uh, did it more in the playoffs last playoffs, year. Right. Obviously, it's different situation. Like, guys are going to play more yeah. minutes in the playoffs, but... In the regular, the only time he did it in the regular season last year was literally the last game of the regular season. Like it was like totally not something they maybe one that he felt like he could do, and clearly not something that he felt like he could do. And and just that, um, especially as we've said, a team that has had so many injuries, it's been really important where he is. You know, you're, you, he's a full player in the rotation, right? It's not like he's like a, a three quarters of a player. Then you need to find someone to fill those other eight minutes that he could be giving you like he is he's he's back it's been awesome it's been uh, i don't really have a sense of how much of a national story it has been so far uh, I, they have a, a couple of na- more national tv games coming up it'll be interesting to see what the mavs on uh friday is a, a national tv game so it's been one of the coolest like under the radar stories of the last few weeks in the nba i think um and yeah. I, I think and it's not just a feel good story because like you said, he's been really, really good and, and a huge reason why this team has kind of found their footing. It's like they found we were wondering how many missing pieces did they have, right? We were talking <laughs> about the trade deadline earlier. Um if a, a month ago it felt like they had a lot and yeah. Vic is turning into he's filled that that yeah. we talked about it a, a lot early in the year, who's gonna replace Tyler Hero as the sixth man. He is he's fully done that. Yeah, and he's bought in, which I think is important. You know, you yeah. talk to Vic, and it's still like he still wants more for himself, right? I think yeah. eventually, but I think this year he understands this is the best fit. You know, this is his role on this team. It's what makes the most sense. Um, and going back to the eight of nine games playing over thirty minutes, the one game he didn't play over thirty minutes was a foul trouble. He would have played over thirty right. minutes if, if he if he could have. Um, so yeah, those are like just, for a while the only fourth quarter minutes he didn't. Right, the, we, I think yeah. it was the stat we had last week where he played the every fourth quarter minute. On that yes. road trip, except for, except for like the five, one where he had like game. foul yeah. trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So if he would have played an extra five or six minutes, like he would have had, I think it was like a 27 minute game or something. Like yeah. That. He had over 30. Um, so basically, you can book him for 30 plus minutes every night at this point, which shows you how important Eric Spolstra thinks he is to this team and the impact he's having. Um, and it, someone brought up a good point on Twitter. I forget who it is, so I, I can't, I'm sorry if I don't give him credit, but it was. Again, I think this lineup has been very good. I don't want to go back and be a hypocrite of what I said, but you think about the bubble, right, and how they made that change to the starting lineup after a really good season, mm-hmm. decent good season where they swapped out Kendrick Nunn for Goran, for Goran and it really right. worked and it was a great move. You wonder if maybe, like, that would make sense for this team. Come postseason, if they're looking for, like, a something different mix, something that mm-hmm. might work in a short sample, I could kind of see, like, the similarities between – like the role Goran played that regular season and then kind of the way he was used in the postseason. Yeah. Maybe Victor, if, if the Heat decided to go that way. So I just, I thought it was an interesting kind of parallel uh, from a few years ago. 
Yeah, I mean, it feels like it. it I mean, it, they didn't do it with Tyler Hero last year, right? I mean, maybe yeah. they. I guess there were a lot of injuries in the playoffs. I can't remember. He probably started at some point in the playoffs. I don't remember for sure. But every, like we said, every year, like we knew Goron that whole year was probably their best option at point guard. I know Kendrick Nunn finished like third in Rookie of the Year voting, but it's like. The, the, obviously, the Goron parallel is really good because those are two guys that had some injury stuff that lets you manage your minutes a little bit more. But obviously, even Tyler Hero last year, right? Like, everyone knew he was uh, one yeah. of their four or five best players. Like, right. um, the Heat, not every team values that six man thing. It's weird. You, I kind of don't like think of the Heat as a team that's like, we need to have a great six man. Like, you think, you know, they have never had like Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford or. Yeah, Tyler Hero was their first six man of the year winner. Yeah, right. Like I don't think of them as a franchise that really values that in a way that there are some that kind of always tend to have that guy. Obviously the the Spurs with Manu, like they did that forever. But they kind of have become that over the last three years where um they've I don't know if it's just because of the way the rosters are constructed, um, or if it's something they've kind of embraced as a uh strategic advantage to have a guy like that. Um, but they've, they've definitely like made it part of their identity here over the last couple of years. Yeah. I think it just balances things out too. Right. Like mm-hmm. last year, like, I'm curious it nice. if it's something that Spo and Pat were like, yeah, I think we need to kind of lean into this identity. Like may, there's an advantage here, or if it's just like we have Goran, he's good at that role. Tyler, yeah. And, and, and yeah, some of it, some of it's just the circumstances, right? Like we said, Goran was injured. He's coming off right. his injuries. He was getting older. Like you're trying to manage his minutes. It made a little bit of sense. Dwayne Wade, right? Dwayne Wade was a six man. That's true, yeah. His final year, and he was good in that role he was too. Good. He like, probably got six man of the year votes, I would guess. I think I, I think he actually, I want to say he did. I mean, it's hard to believe he, he wouldn't have. Like he yeah. was pretty good in those final few years of his career. He was six. Like he kind of started that run with him being him taking the six man role. Uh-huh. Um, so they've had a bunch. Yeah, I mean, between look back to like Dwayne, Moron, then Tyler, and now Vic. I don't know any other. I don't know many other teams that have had better run of six men. And different guys too, right? It's not just different like guys. The Clippers yeah. had Lou Williams for like four years, and he was like yeah. their third best player, but he's a six man. Yeah, Dwayne Wade finished seventh in six man of the year voting okay. that year. So you know he, he got some, some votes. votes. Um, yeah, so they've had they've had some good runs, and again, some of it's been circum- just kind of the situation where Dwayne again Dwayne was older, trying to manage his minutes. Goron, Vic now just kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, Tyler was young and again trying to just trying to balance the roster, um, but yeah, it's been important and they didn't have that when Vic was out the first twenty something games this season. They didn't have that right, like yeah. you're depending on Max Struess or and then Max Struess was in the starting lineup because someone there were so many injuries. So really, who was the sixth man? Was it Gabe Vincent when mm-hmm. he was healthy? Was it like I don't even know Dwayne Dedman? Like I don't know who the sixth man was when 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 Max had to go into the starting lineup when because of the injury. So it's just the roster feels and this is this kind of ties into Kyle Lowry's return it feels like guys are back in their normal roles which is a good thing mm-hmm. and should help this team again now the hope is they can avoid other injuries and right then, uh, every time we come possibly. in here and we're like oh yeah you're finally healthy we get to see it something happens and two games later play. someone's out yeah. yeah yeah but so we'll see, we'll see what yeah happens. Yeah, should be an interest. Like I said, interesting game Wednesday, especially if they get healthy going up against the Mavericks Friday. They got a, they got a couple of good ones here where it'd be nice to see like full strength versus full strength. And well, one note, and this is after the Pelicans game. The Pelicans are probably going to be without three starters tonight. Zion is out, Ingram is out, and yeah. Herb Jones is doubtful. So the Heat should win this game. Like yeah, yeah, this we'll would see. kind of this would kind of be a bad loss, but 
We'll see. Uh huh. Um, all right. I think we can close things out there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, he is out on the road for a couple more days uh, and back home next week or over the weekend. Um, follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Um, I'll probably be popping in, I guess, a little bit more on Heat these days. It's, it's that's, that's all we got left, right? Football's all done. Um, I can't believe Panthers. the Dolphins. Yeah, Panthers. Panthers are actually playing a little bit better, too. Um, they're not in the playoff mix like the Heat quite are. But um, Dolphins, I can't believe they almost pulled that out. It was incredible. I was watching on my flight to Atlanta. And I could not believe, like, it was just a, such an entertaining game. Like, I'm not even a. It was like whatever. the longest game to lose, but a long time. It, it, it like didn't end until like, didn't end until like five o'clock. Yeah, yeah. it was just it was like a mismatch. Pushed back that second game to four fifty. I don't know if that was the original kick time. It's still well, like they, they pushed back because yeah. of the Dolphins game. Um, it was just a crazy game. Like so many different things happening. Like there was no flow. I know. Um, but it, the Dolphins were so close. Man, it would have been so such a great story if they would have been able to win that game. And the Dolphins still only had like 180 yards. Like, I know. No, it was all turnovers. It was yeah, all, it was all turnovers, turnovers and yeah. a couple, you know, a couple timely plays. Right? They were either scoring yeah. touchdowns or not doing nothing on their drives. So, uh, yeah, weird game. Uh, fun Dolphin season. Ultimately, I think frustrating. Right? Like I think everyone coming out being like, man, if Tua could just not get concussed so much, then yeah. might have something here. So not just that, all the injuries of the secondary and just yeah, offensive line. It was yeah. You know, all the what ifs, but gives you hope for at least the years on the line. If, if yep. they can stay healthy, like they have a really good roster. So now Miami turns its eyes to the Heat, and we've got you covered, obviously, the rest of the season here on the Heat Check podcast. Um, thanks again for listening, and we will uh, talk to you guys next week. <laughs>